Linda got me a foot tambourine for Christmas, so. A oh, foot nice. tambourine? Yeah, just slides over my foot, and as I tap my foot, as I'm playing guitar or whatever, you get tambourine oh, sound. No <laughs> kidding. Does yeah. he really need any more distraction from glitter and spangles? I'm going to work on it. Give me another year. And now it's going to have tambourine in it. <laughs> okay, can that be your New Year's resolution? Oh, I'm not committing. <laughs> you, you can't do glitter and spangles in a year? No. Oh, oh, Lord. I'll help him. I'll help him. It didn't happen last year. What do you think it's going to oh. happen this year? Well, you got to make I'll it help him with a the resolution. Lyrics. I think I've got like the first two lines. Okay. But yeah, it's, you know I how... have to be inspired. That's why I write like a song every five years. Well, oh. and you know how hard it is to rhyme with spangles? Yes, I do. I've tried. I mean, you can only mention the bangles <laughs> so many times. Bangles. Well, yes. Wait, Wrangles. Gangles. Wait, what is what's a gangle? Oh, yeah, mangles is good. Finangles. Oh, that's Kegel, not Kegel. Kegel. What? Kegels. What the, <laughs> what the hell? Liz and the Kegels. <laughs> Wait, did I miss that conversation? <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. You like that? Yeah, that's good. Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Wow, okay. Wow, man, we are out of practice. What happened? I don't <laughs> even... Timing's off. Wait, what? Did, wait, did we you got no... There was no... no cowbell. There was no, no cowbell. Bong. I hit it. Did you really? Do you have oh, your man. original sound on? I do. Wow, really? okay, what happened? Well, hit it, just hit it again. Just give, give us a hit. I just hit it three times. No way. Yes. Wow. Cowbell's broken. You broke the cowbell, dude. I did, I guess. Wow. Well, okay. Thomas will have to reschedule. Sorry about yeah. this. All right. Yes. I understand. <laughs> cowbells are important. Man. Man, I tell you. Okay, well, listen. You need more we'll... cowbell. Absolutely. That's yeah. weird. That is weird. Okay, well, uh, that's uh, we'll have the technical we'll have mystery to work that, that we'll have to... Yeah, wow. It's the cowbells never failed us in six years of having the show and all of a sudden the podcast is, or the the cowbell is not performing. I don't think uh, I could do this now. It's okay. We'll 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 we'll, we'll soldier through because we're professionals. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Are we? Okay. We, we, I'm, if I say so. Okay. Uh, hey, this is of course the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, our cowbell trainer himself, Mr. Ryan Flurry. My cowbell's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and hey, look who else is here. Uh, it's Mr. Steve Barkley. His cowbell's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and last, but certainly never least, the lovely, the talented, Miss Liz Malone. Womp womp. <laughs> Not a good way to start uh, 2023. You know, we're going to have to have like sort of a mock funeral for the cowbell. Or... <laughs> yeah. It's not dead. It's just 
out of commission. Well, we hope so. Moment. I don't know. It's, it's like, never happened before. Rest in peace, Barbara Walters and Cowbell. Oh. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, sure. Bring the show Bring down the show immediately. Down. Yeah. 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 Barbara Walters. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, okay. Well, let's just say, how is everybody other than, you know, the tragedy that has just befallen us? <laughs> I'm great. Thanks. How are you, Rob? <laughs> We're I'm ready good. to get 2023 started. Yeah, I'm too. Did you, so I wanted to talk to you sports people uh, a little bit real quick. Uh, did you hear about this guy, the, the guy that had a heart attack at the, the football guy? We yeah, had but, it on TV yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah. Buffalo Bills. Well, that was... Yeah. Very scary. Yeah, for a guy that young, crazy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Although I do have to say, there's like a freaking war going on in Ukraine. There's people dying all over the planet. And it was nothing but wall to wall news about that guy on every damn station. It's like, holy smokes, guys, get some perspective. Yeah, but think- the Ukraine war has been going for six months now. It's kind of old news. Ten. Ten? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. I guess it's the first. Well, no, it is. I don't think it is the first time that that's something like that's happened because I, no. I thought I heard that there's like a basketball player that that happened to too at some point in the past too, where they just uh, had a they heart went, attack. Went into cardiac game. arrest. Yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like that's the time to do it. Like Wasn't that's that the best a- time to have a heart attack is like on the field during a game, you got, you know, people around you. It's, I think the worst time is like in a, like a gas station bathroom, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting found for a while Don't, uh, surrounded by slim jims and slurpees <laughs> isn't there a ridiculous percentage of people that when they when they pass they they pass away on the toilet that's what i've heard i mean it happened to elvis so it could happen to anybody uh, right? yeah yeah well, seems I've, looking up statistics well, i'm not I've, looking up statistics <laughs> <laughs> Some things I don't need to know. <laughs> I just felt bad for when Barbara Walters passed away. And it was the same day that the former Pope Benedict also oh, yeah. passed away. Right. And Barbara Walters must have been up in heaven saying, Mother for the day I, I kick it. The freaking Pope has to also go and take away all my spotlight, take away my headlines. I was like, wow. Yeah, it was, that is... And, but he did. He, I think he got more coverage than Barbara. And I think yeah. that Barbara probably played a bigger part in influence, influencing the world and than the Pope, unfortunately. But well, was it, wasn't it the old, it wasn't the, was it the new Pope or the no, old? No, pope? The, the, old pope. the previous Benedict. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he was not free from scandal just no. by the way. Well, or Barbara, the, though. Are, are any of the popes? Yeah, I mean, everybody has a little bit of scandal in their, in their closet. Listen, I, yeah, I, I'm already working on your obituary list. Jeez. Wait till your scandals come out. Let me tell you. I hope someone finds me on my toilet. I can only hope. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, enough of uh, the death pool for this week. Uh, hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Uh, what the heck are we doing today? Well, besides mourning the cowbell, <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a guest with us today who is a passionate advocate of audio description. He is also the creator and host of Read My Mind Radio. I'd like to welcome to the show Thomas Reed. So, welcome, Thomas. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. And rest in peace, Cowbell. Just wanna, <laughs> wanna say that. Yeah. I was looking around for a tambourine or a maraca or something. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad idea. Maybe, maybe it, okay. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna go there. I 23 start something new? Yeah, I like so, it. <laughs> maybe. Might Different percussive, soon. percussive instruments. Yeah, yeah too soon. <laughs> You're right. Sure he's not even written yet. <laughs> Already checking for something new. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, Thomas, we are thrilled to have you. Um, you've been kind of on our radar for a while, and, and we've we've wanted to certainly talk or talk to you about the show and about you in general. So why don't we just start there, and maybe you can just give us a little bit of a, a little background about yourself. Uh, and then we'll get into talking a little bit about the show. Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, I'm Thomas Reed, and um, I guess my 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 story as it relates to the podcast, um, it's a direct correlation with blindness. So um, in 2000, officially in 2004, but I guess my vision loss journey sort of started. Well, it actually started when I was a child because I was born with retinoblastoma um, in both eyes. So that's a childhood eye cancer, and I had a. Uh, uh, tumors in both eyes, but my left eye was removed as an infant. My right eye was saved with lots of radiation. Um, and years later, uh, about 35 years later, just about, that radiation was the cause of another tumor behind my right eye. And so in 2003, I started experiencing some, some problems with vision, um, and that ended up being, like I said, the diagnosis, there was a tumor behind the right eye. And that was diagnosed, I think, in the beginning of December. So by January, um, I was scheduled for surgery to remove that tumor and probably the eye. And so it definitely was both. Um, and so I was, as of January 20, 2004, I was blind. And um, yeah, so, so adjusting to blindness, um, meeting people. Um, I became active in a organization in the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, which is an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. I became active with that in about 2006 because we started a chapter of that organization in my county because I met a bunch of other people. Um, it was about eight of us who I met who in the county um, here, which was, by the way, a new place for me to be living in a whole new state. Um, and so I lost my, my eyesight moving to a whole new place, but anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, so we started an organization and I started, you know, um, because I needed to sort of use audio at the time, because like, you know, when you're adjusting to, to blindness, um, you don't automatically know how to use your computer. You don't automatically have access to, to certain things, especially at that time, to take notes and things of that nature. So I used a digital recorder and um, using that digital recorder for more than just taking notes eventually became recording my children. It became, oh, wait, I can, I can tell stories with this thing, um, especially when I got back on a computer and was able to, to edit these audio files. And I started doing that for the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind as well, as a way not only to hone my skills, but also to disseminate information within the organization. So basically almost like doing a podcast at the time, but it wasn't a podcast. Um, and that that later on ended up, you know, I just got better at the craft and a couple of things opened up where I had an opportunity to create some new content for a radio reading service in New York City 
And um, that led to my podcast directly because, you know, the radio reading service, you only can hear it if you have one of the, you know, the radios um, for that service. And so I wanted to like, hey, let me let me let other people listen to this. And so I put it on my blog at the time and later then turned it into a podcast. Yeah, I find it so interesting to talk to people who have gone through that that um, vision loss journey, mm-hmm. um, because for everyone it's it's very different. Um, and I'm always I'm always interested to to hear about what people sort of latch onto in terms of uh, of whether whether that's a, a particular community that they join that that really helps them work through that journey, or if it's it's pieces of technology or just putting their 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 energies mm. into things like blogs and pod- podcasts, which yeah. honestly, like, especially in the blindness community, it seems to be, those are really ideal platforms for people to sort of uh, latch on to, to help them not only um, share their story with, with other people in the community, but just work through some of the emotions that they, they themselves are going through. Is that kind of how, how it was for you? No, I mean, there, there is some of that in there because for me, um, I think it was really the, in terms of adjusting, it was really the idea of meeting other people. And so when I became involved in advocacy, um, and that first started, like I said, with the local group that I met up, and then we started the, the, the local chapter of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. But when I met other people around the state um, and then other people around the country, that was really, really big for me. And, and so the podcast is sort of an extension of that because it enables me to meet other people, but it also enables me to introduce these people to other people who don't have that opportunity. Because, you know, depending on where you lose your sight, where you are at the time, um, you may not have a a chapter. You may not even be able to get to a chapter. And so the internet is so fantastic for that. And and that was, that's really the reason, um, that's a big reason behind the podcast. So it's really giving people what I think was really helpful for me. And I will always say that it was, it was the ability to meet other people, cool people doing really, you know, different things, people from a variety of different um, lifestyles. And, and that I really, you know, I'm really thankful for that. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, we, we say that all the time here on the show too, is that one of the, the real benefits of doing the show is just being able to, to meet so many people and to learn so much, you know, every, mm-hmm. every guest that you have on is a, is an incredible learning experience. Absolutely. Um, and, and so it is, it's, it's a really valuable sort of asset, even just personally doing something like that, despite um, the amount of work that it can take to, to produce a, a podcast. So yeah. on that topic, um, what's that like for you? What's, I, I mean, how often do you release podcast episodes and, and what kind of um, footprint does the does producing and, and hosting and planning the show kind of have on your weekly schedule? Oh boy. So it's, it started off. Um, I think I started off like every, every other week for the most part. And finally, you know, I, I, I it's funny because I met some other people when I was on their podcast and I watched how they did it. Um, and actually the person is Alice Wong. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Alice Wong from Disability Visibility yep. Project. Yep. So when I first met Alice and she invited me on the podcast, one of the things, I think we we had our interview in like December and she was like, yeah, this is probably going to come out in the spring of the next year. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, oh my goodness. And then all the, 
the materials and just the way she sent me things and just it was so planned out. And me, I was like on the fly. Oh, I want to talk to this person. And I would just, you know, contact them and, and just make it happen. Um, and so I started to implement more structure as the years went went on. And now I'm in now I do seasons. I do the seasonal approach. And so I'm basically every two weeks when I'm doing the seasons now. And that's because I like the structure of it. I like to really put some effort into it. And I also like the theme approach to my seasons because it kind of gives me that opportunity to really sort of either dive into a, a full subject matter, like when I'm doing the flipping the script on audio description, it's all about audio description. And so it really allows me to, to focus in that area. Um, but yeah, and then, and then sort of come out and then, you know, really do these things without the, it's supposed to be without the pressure, but you know, life being life, sometimes there still is pressure of time because, you know, maybe I, I waited a little bit too long. Um, but yeah, so now I'm pretty much doing three seasons a year with some additional bonus episodes that don't necessarily fall into the theme. Um, and so we're talking about about 16 to 18 episodes a year. You know, I've looked at your website. I've listened to a couple episodes and you are very thoughtful and your conversations are very intelligent. I was listening to the one you had with uh, Hobbin German today okay. and oh my God. Um, what a great guest, what a great conversation about, you know, a self-description. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend everybody take a listen because I'm going to re-listen to it, but yeah, you're very structured. You're very thoughtful. And, you know, even though she kind of posed the questions to you, um, <laughs> you know, your conversation is very, it, it flows very naturally. It, it's very well produced. It's very well done. So, um, yeah, you can tell you put a lot of work and effort into your episodes. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I'm, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you see that. Yeah. I, I definitely put a lot of time into it and I enjoy it. I enjoy the, I enjoy all the process. Um, every single part of that process is, is really cool. So, so tell me, talk to me a little bit then about this, the switch to seasons, um, and kind of how, how has that been? How long have you been do, implementing that? And um, what, yeah. how, how does it really impact the, the difference between sort of doing freeform shows and, and doing it, the sort of a themed season? Well, it, I mean, so I've been doing it for about three years, I think. I think it's about three years, but the last two years have had three different seasons. I think the first time I did it, it was probably one season in there. So I don't, so, you know, but really for the last two years, for the most part, um, it's just a, it's a really cool way for me personally to sort of focus and plan. And, you know, I, I didn't like sort of chasing the news. Cause I was like, I'm not a news guy. And so when certain things would happen, you know, within, within the world of disability, it would be like, oh, you should talk about this. And I was like, eh, I kind of don't want to. It, it might not be something that I'm all that interested in and I don't want to run by it. And so I just wanted to be thoughtful about, about everything that I do. And there's so many different topics. And I said, you know, I want to do more, more in the way of topics. And I think it all boils down to, you know, I'm, I'm someone who wants to at some point in their life, and I feel like I need to do a documentary. And I think I'm trying to figure out how to use podcasting in a way 
to give me the maybe the inner courage, maybe the 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 feeling of saying, yeah, I think I could do this. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and so the organizing, the researching, like I'm doing things within that for for a season, for an episode. Um, the preparation, the things that go behind sort of uh, the editing process, all of that, I'm trying to really be more organized because when it comes down to doing something like a doc, um, you really have to be, you have to be organized if you want to do that right. Um, and so there's, you know, so there's, there's probably a bunch of things, but it's it's just really helpful for me to, to focus. It really is a help for me to focus and to therefore produce and produce early. So the idea is that, oh, okay, I can take um, two months and during that two months really go ahead and, and produce two to three months and actually go ahead and, 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 you know, create four to five, six episodes or something like that. And like, that's the dream is to, at the end of those months to have all my episodes produced and just, you know, just be ready to load them and publish them when I'm ready to publish them. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> it hasn't happened yet necessarily, <laughs> but, but that's still the goal. Like that is still the goal. And then it's also, it's giving me a way to really figure out where I want to take the podcast. What do I want to do with the podcast? What can I, so it's like all these things that I'm thinking about um, at the same time as producing. So it's just, it's been helpful for me, you know? Um, and and yeah, and it gives me some more control about about who who I want to bring on the podcast. You know, I want it to fit a theme. I just don't want it to be like I said. Oh, somebody, you know, because people start to contact you. Hey, I have the new book or whatever. And it's like cool. I want to support your new book, but I may not want to talk to you about that. It has nothing to do with your book. It has nothing to do with you. It's just it may not be that interesting to me at this particular time. Right. And so the theme approach is sort of there. Now it's like you know, at, but at some point it's like, hey, well. I can, maybe I'll talk about your book. So send me some information and maybe I'll just put it in there because I want to be supportive to the community. Absolutely. Well, I think we, we tried that with a couple, you know, topic theme shows last year and, you know, they came off fairly well and we decided we wanted to do more of those this year mm. um, <clears throat> because there are discussions that need to be had, need to be had that aren't being talked about. You know, yeah. our, our topics were on ableism and we did a yeah. four part series on that. Um, there's many more topics to discuss, but that's kind of the nice thing about podcasting. You know, you've got your style of show. There are assistive technology shows. There are new mm -hmm. shows and there's more and more all the time to choose from. So, you know, it's, it's just such a great platform for, for that, for whatever topic you're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm somebody who thinks that, um, you know, I want to see more disability related podcasts out there. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I'm, actually working on a project with someone to to make that podcast and and just the the idea of getting into podcasting um more accessible for the disability community and so you know we're, we're doing things for that and and uh for both for the those who want to podcast and those who want to listen right you know because sometimes it's not that easy to find you know you you can put certain keywords in there but it's not always easy to find um disability related podcasts that you're interested in you know what i mean well, yeah, I, will, no. I will ask you this, Thomas, because I, yeah. in my podcast app on my phone, I tried looking for Read My Mind mm -hmm. and it, it didn't come up. I couldn't find it. So do you have an RSS feed that podcatcher apps can find? I do. I absolutely do. Um, so <laughs> the thing about, you see, I, I, I was not obviously a, a good branding 
person from the beginning of my podcast because you know we read know my all mind. about that. <laughs> <laughs> we had the read same my, problem. <laughs> okay, yeah. Read my mind doesn't say anything about blindness. Doesn't say anything about disability. It's just nobody knows what the hell it means. And when you hear read my mind, that's why I spell it in my every time I end the podcast, just so people would get it in there. R e i d, not the r e a d. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do. I do. I definitely have a podcast, and okay. I'm on most. I'm on most. Um. Uh, what do you call it? Services. Yeah. Right. Okay. What, what's right. your what? What's the app? What's the uh, app that you were using, by the way? Uh, Overcast. Overcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Overcast should pull me out. Oh, yeah. right. Did you spell it right? Probably not. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's the spelling. There you go. Yeah, that's probably what well, it when was, you're right? using a screen reader and you know, yeah, read yeah, sounds yeah. like read, right? That's so, what I'm saying, right? Yeah, right. I'll, I'll yeah. take another look, but yeah, because yeah. yeah, I did I see you on Lips and on the website, so I figured you yeah. did have one, but. Yeah, R to the EID. That's the way I sign up all my go. all my yeah. episodes. So yeah. Yeah, it's um, but it it's true. Like, you know, we're we're kind of we kind of feel the same here. I mean, this is one of the mandates for the show here is just that, you know, we want to spread the word about as much as we can. You know, we want to get um organizations, individuals, and you know, other podcasts um out there, you know, and, and help spread the word about them because you know, we completely agree the more that we have, the better because um, one podcast, you know, may not be right for one person, but mm -hmm. it's going to be perfect for the next person, depending on what their needs are and what they're interested in and, and, um, you know, how they click with, with, uh, the hosts. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's incredibly valuable to, you know, within sort of the disability podcast community to really, you know, really, you know, get each other's backs and, and really sort of share and, and uh, yeah, try to get more information out there because honestly, podcast, the podcast platform, I feel like these days is one of the most valuable resources for people who may be looking down the barrel of disability for the first mm -hmm. time, right? Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. And it's incredibly comforting to, to be hearing other people's stories and, and to be learning about resources that are, that are out there that they may not know about. So yeah. And it's private, right? It's just that's yeah. that's the whole thing that I think is so great about it. Like you don't have to tell anybody that you're listening to whatever it is that you're listening to, and right. and you can learn so much and and just feel better. Yeah, I wish I wish there was, um, and I like to say that, and and it's not anything bragging or anything like that, but I wish I had my podcast not only to you know that I was doing, but I wish there was something available for me in early 2004. Mm -hmm. um, I would have loved to hear those stories. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. Well, that's, you know, kind of the benefits of podcasting and social media, right? It's kind of brought the community together. The podcasting platform allows you and I and others to bring guests from the community in to talk mm -hmm. about whatever they want to talk about or whatever we want to discuss with them. And who knows who's listening to our shows, yeah. but the world has become a much smaller place now because of podcast platforms and social media. So we can reach out to more yeah. people. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, audio description because I, you know, it's, it, I find it really interesting that that, that is sort of what your, your season is sort of um, focused on because last year, I think we, we probably talked about audio description more than any other topic that I can think of in recent years um, because it really is, it's, it's a very important field and it's, I feel like it's one that's really at the beginning of its evolution. What made you sort of focus in on that topic for, for your season? Yeah. So I've been interested and been talking about audio description for years. So before the podcast, I had a blog and, um, so I, you know, I wrote about my first experience with AD in the theater 
Um, you know, and I've, I've talked about it a bunch of times now, but it was, you know, my wife found, and my wife and I were real moviegoers back in the day um, before we got married and even after we got married. And so when I became blind, the fact that I couldn't really enjoy a movie, you know, that affected us. So it was 2003, 2004. We didn't go back to the theater until 2007 because she found a theater not too far, maybe about half an hour, 40 minutes away from our home. Uh, that was using AD and it was new, right? Um, and so that was, a, it was such a cool experience. And so I was talking about it then. And then when, when Netflix, when I had the pod, actually before Netflix, um, when I started making some of the original content for Gateway Radio, um, that introduced my podcast because those were the things that I was putting on it at first. Um, yeah, I did a piece about audio description, just kind of introducing that community to AD. Um, and it was it wasn't on Netflix at the time. It was just really about the in theater experience. And then when Daredevil came out and and that whole uh, that whole thing happened and and we right. started to get more, I covered that. I, I talked about that. Um, so I was always interested in in AD from that standpoint. And then I think it was in 2018 when I published a piece um, about Black Panther and my feelings around Black Panther and the the narrator, the choice of narrator. And that got a lot of attention. And so I, I was thinking about AD for all that time. And even, even some of that time I contacted, and I, I don't name any names, but I've contacted folks um, in that time and asking them, you know, how could somebody get involved in, in AD? How could I get involved in AD? I was thinking about narration and, and I was dissuaded from thinking about it because I was told, oh, you, you kind of have to have sight. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that response. I didn't like it at all. And I asked this person multiple times. And that was always the response. And it was like, oh, you know, maybe this, maybe QC, you know, may, at the time it was maybe QC. Um, I could see it as audio editing. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could do that too. But I'm talking about narration. And it was, it was always a no, you know, never said no, but it was always, ah, you know, that thing, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah and it was that. And so, um, yeah, I mean that, that, it was always an interest to me. So I really wanted to know. So I was talking about it on the podcast, um, all of these things and, and kind of questioning and, and had a discussion around, um, it was after that first Black Panther episode, I, I had a second episode um, with, with this young lady who contacted me and, and felt very similar to, and we were sort of, I like to say that that was the episode where we sort of, uh, you know, put it into the universe, the idea of me doing audio description, because she was like, you know, yeah, I could hear you on doing audio description. And, and so, um, you know, so I kept, I kept kind of, you know, looking into the, you know, just thinking about the subject and talking about it. And, and, and that's, that's what happened later on. I actually ended up doing audio description. So during during the season, then was there any was there any uh, episode that really surprised you or that really drove the conversation about audio description in a direction that you weren't expecting? Where are we kind of at in in the general realm of audio description? Because I feel like after doing a whole season of it, you must have a real sort of a, a unique perspective on just kind of where we are at it. Um, so in this last one, I mean, we. 
we kind of ran the gamut in a, in a sense, you know, we talked about a lot of different things and I think some good things were raised. So from, you know, the first one, I think was um, AD in the making. And, and this is just the subject of looking at audio description from the creative point of view. Um, you know, the, the, unfortunately, sometimes it's, it's posed like creative versus compliant and, you know, the idea of checking off the checkbox that you, okay, we did audio description. We can say, okay, pass it on, go. We did what we're supposed to do. You know, we don't usually get good AD when it comes to that. I know a lot of the community has always been talking about more, 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 but I don't want more if it sucks. Like, you know, you know what I'm right. saying? I don't necessarily yeah. want that. I don't want more if it's just going to be um, synthetic speech and it's not even going to do You know, I'm not going to I'm probably not going to watch it because I don't I'm not going for it. Right. It's right. not something that I enjoy. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily talk about more. What I would talk about is is better is the quality thing. And we like to talk about that. Um, and I think the idea of going beyond this idea that audio description is just access and access is fabulous. Access is 100% fabulous. I'm not saying take away the access, but I'm also saying that, um, you know, if you look at it as a creative process and a creative tool, well, what would that, what would that tool do for the, the writers of this project? What would that tool do for the create the director? You understand what I mean? Like if they know that they have this tool at their disposal, that they could use that would that would be fantastic that might really result in some amazing things okay so maybe that's down maybe that's in the future so some point in the future more directors would know and maybe ad will go from a post-production to a pre-production and a production phase thing that happens what would that ad sound like what would that movie experience be like for us i have a feeling it would be better I have a feeling it would be amazing, but we won't know until we get more people um, in those positions sort of thinking about audio description. So that's this. That's part of that conversation. Um, a big part of the conversation where I like to take it um, is blind people involvement in AD. And when I say the blind involvement, I'm saying every single part of audio description, whatever it is that you as a blind person wants to do, I'm for it. I'm for it. And I, I know not everyone is because folks say, oh, well, how can a blind person write a audio description? Well, there are blind people who write audio description and maybe their way to some people. And, and so we're all on the same page. I just want to make sure. So we know that folks who write audio description and are blind make use of whether it be another person to get access to those visuals. So it's like, hey, my friend, I'm going to buy you some beer. Come watch this movie with me <laughs> and I'm going to ask you some questions. And every time I and I'm going to record you as I ask you these questions. So what's going on, on the screen right now? And that person puts down their beer and maybe you should leave the beer to later. But OK, they put <laughs> down their beer. <laughs> right. Let's start with some hot chocolate or something like that. Right. And and they they pick up their hot chocolate and then they put it back down They take a sip, whatever. And they explain what's happening during that that scene. And you, hmm, then you investigate, right? So the, the person who's going to write that AD, they may ask them a few more questions and they're making these notes and then they get what they need from it. And then they later on, they formulate the right sentences for these moments, right? For these parts. That's writing AD. That's an accommodation in my book. I don't see anything wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with that. But folks, right. we were talking about ableism. Somebody mentioned ableism before. It sounds very ableist to me. When folks say, well, they're not writing it. This other person is writing it. Really? Well, you're using a computer. Are you writing it? 
So yeah, that's right. Are you, are, why don't you write it with your hand? Oh, you don't have a hand. Oh, whatever the thing. Nobody uses that anymore, right? <laughs> it, there's there's all of these different things that go into it. But when it comes down to a a person with a disability actually doing something, now we have to question it. Now we have to we have to say, hmm, is this really what we want? Is this really right? Well, why don't we just listen to the end result? And I've been involved with some projects, <clears throat> with one project specifically. Um, where the writer, Nefertiti Matos Olivares, was the writer, and she's blind, and she did a fabulous job, and that was the way she did it. And 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 so I'm saying that, yeah, if someone wants to do that, me personally, no, I don't. I'm, I don't want to write like that. That's not my style. I don't want to write audio description. But if somebody does, I'm not going to dissuade them. Why? Because I told you I've been dissuaded, and it doesn't feel good. Right. So that that's part of that conversation. So I think I want to see a lot more of a lot more blind people who want to be involved, getting involved. I want to see more of the post-production companies saying, hmm, okay, how can we how can we do this? The same way IDC and I, we got together, Eric Wickstrom from IDC, and we started that. Um, and, and that's resulting like now they have 20 blind, at least 20 blind people who work, you know, who do narration for them. And there's other ones who also... I want to see more of that, more companies doing that, more companies saying, okay, wait, we might be moving to a new system. Is this system accessible? Right? Because, right. you know, they use systems too. And that's some of the way that they keep us out. Oh, it's not accessible. Okay, well, let's do it differently. I don't need to use your system. This is audio. I know how to, I know how to do this. We can, we can do this around your system. No. Oh, well, then you're just trying to keep me out. <laughs> yeah. Now I know. Now you're telling me something different. Right. So that's that's a part of it. There was an episode that I was really intrigued about. And it's not I'm, I'm, I'm not a real fashion person, but it was, you know, the same way we talk about describing identity. I'm big on describing identity, all sorts of identity and including that. In, in the AD process, um, a young lady, Natalie Trevon, was like, hey, we should be describing more fashion. And I heard other other women and other men who are interested in fashion, like, yeah, why don't we? This this is part of the story. Or maybe it's not part of the story. The person has it on. If a, if a sighted person can see it, why can't I know what, what this is? And I'm okay with that. Yeah, so let's talk about that. But then she also brought up something about the metaverse, which I don't know much about. But that's a that's a new thing coming down the road, you know, whether it be virtual reality, all of that. How are we going to have access to that? That might be audio description, right? Let's start talking about it now. So that's coming down in the future. Mm, and then that that last episode um, was the one with La Profesora, is what I call her. And she is a professor who teaches audio description in a college in, in New Jersey. And it, it she teaches both in... Um, English and Spanish. And so, you know, I wanted to continue that conversation about AD and Spanish because, you know, there's a lot of people who are left out in this country um, who are blind because, you know, hey, right. everybody, blind people are speak multiple, you know, can be yeah. uh, Hispanic, can be whatever. We're, we're all from all over um, and we should all have access. So the there was that in that episode, but then there's also, she kind of touched on some of the other ways and other things that are coming out of using audio description as a tool for teaching. And that's fantastic. Like, like these ideas and, and just introducing that to, to other teachers and in other just, you know, 
other professions? Like, like what else can audio description help with? I heard a lot of things. You know, we all, often talk about, oh, um, you know, truck drivers can use audio description too. But what about the creation of audio description? Because we're talking about language. We're talking about really being perceptive and looking at things in a, in a critical way. Um, so I, I think there can be some real you know, uses for that in the educational field. And that would be, and there are folks who are working on that and actually thinking about that. Um, So those are the types of things that I really get, get interested in. So that's why I say with flipping the script on audio description, we go beyond the mainstream conversation of audio description, because yeah, we can talk about, Hey, I like this movie. I don't like this movie. I don't like the way they did that. I like the way they did it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, But like I said, I I just kind of get bored sometimes. (laughs) So I want to talk about other things and see where else it can go. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of other stuff that's happening within audio description that I feel it deserves its own, uh, its own season. Tom's you, you and I are both racial minorities, non-Caucasian, however you want to define it. Yeah, I'm not a minority, but that's okay. I know what you're saying. (laughs) That's why I I use different words because everybody has, yeah. yeah, So, uh, you know, non-white, um, person of color, but you Uh know, So one of the things that you touched upon was the importance of identity and Mm -hmm. persons who are unsighted being more in touch with their identity and having that, that audio input about the identity. And so something that has come up even on this podcast is, and as you mentioned about the importance of language and the use of language, what, what has been your experience in you in being in the world of audio description in terms of how adjustments are being made and where the lines might be a little bit blurry in terms of what language is appropriate for describing people's identities and being sensitive to words and language that certain ethnic groups may find offensive yeah that's a, that's a great question and and certain companies do a better job in my experience. And so there's my experience as a, as a consumer. And then there's also my experience as a narrator. And so I I do have the, I do have the opportunity to work with multiple companies now. And and I can say without naming them that they're not all equal in terms Mm -hmm. of handling that. And so I've been, what I do when I come across something, I've recently come across something. I'm going to try to see if I can say it without, I'm not, I, I won't out the company. Um, but you can they, sing they, their jingle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can hum it. <laughs> no, but th- there was a there was a situation where there was a show, and that show referenced, um, so the show referenced Native Americans here in the state, in the states, and um, the way they used it, and I think they were going for like a shorthand, right? And so it was one of those things where, okay, is time the reason they made this particular choice? And so, you know, I had the script and I have everything. I'm like, no, nah, they could fit this differently. And so they said, they said the natives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I don't think you should say the natives because that to me sounds derogatory. And I know it has been used derogatory. What they wanted to say was Native Americans. And I was like, you have the time to say Native Americans. So I recorded it as Native Americans. And then I explained to them, I said, look, guys, um, I think you were probably trying to save some time, but I was able to fit it. So everywhere where you had Natives referenced, I changed it to Native Americans. I hope that's okay. And they were fine with it. 
Um, and then, and then the tricky part is that some people don't want to be referred as Native American, but Indigenous, for example. And so, it, I, I guess, how does audio description keep up with the different, uh, different language paradigms that we yeah. are constantly encountering as we become more sensitive to diversity? Yeah, so that that's why I mentioned here in the states, right? So that's because I know I know folks in in Canada, First Nations and Indigenous, and folks here use um, Indigenous as well. But but I think the the thing that I'm saying is that you don't want to choose the offensive way, right? Oh, for sure. Right, and so Native Americans wouldn't be offensive the same way if someone said, um, like you said, unsighted. I I'm blind, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I I would never be offended by someone saying blind. Yeah. Nor would I say a person who's 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 uh, uh, visually impaired or something like that, right? But but I might get offended or wouldn't use differently abled or something. I hate that, me personally. I'm not a fan of that myself. But it's yeah. it, and and that's that's the that's the it honestly the crux of it is that we can't ever please everybody there because you go. because there even you go. our blind even our blind community the spectrum is and and Ryan and I are both in the blind community um, and we always talk about like, we're like herding cats. We can't even get agreement and consensus consensus mm -hmm. within our community. And, but it's just very fascinating that as audio description is becoming much more popular and much more utilized, then that next layer of question is, it becomes, well, is everybody using the 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 the, the right language? And I'm certainly not criticizing you. If anything, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I get it. And I, cause I think it's really important that people understand that yeah, that there is an art to trying to walk that line with audio description as best as we can. And it is, it, it's, it's a godsend when we have people like you who will be a voice and say, listen, um, you guys are looking at it, like you said, um, based on just meeting the minimum standards or requirements, as opposed to creating something that is very immersive and experiential for people who are actually relying on audio description. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I, th I think most people like to know that you care and you're trying and you're you're willing to not just brush things off. Um, if you're doing the work and you're working towards something, I'm happy with that. I don't I don't expect perfection. I don't expect perfection from anyone. But there's a difference between when you hear folks who actually want to try, when they actually want to, um, as as opposed to when they say, ah, this is how we've done it all these years. That That's never a good response. That's never a good response. So mm -hmm. if someone's like, okay, how, how can we learn? How can we try? Like I said, don't be offensive. That's your first thing. Don't be offensive. So you can learn what words are offensive or what may be deemed offensive, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then try to stay away from those things and then continue to work, continue to have an open conversation with the community. The biggest problem to me is the, the, the most offensive companies don't seem to talk to the community at all. So if we look at those who are doing well, again, shout out to IDC, shout out to DVW, um, they talk to the community. They have relationships with the community and, and, that's what I think all folks should be doing. You know, if that's your customer, you want to talk to your customer. Mm -hmm. So that's all I want to do. I want to see that dialogue, just, just have an open dialogue, open conversation. And when we disagree, that's cool. We disagree, but let's keep the conversation going. It's not a fight. No one's saying you have to do it this way. No one's saying that. It's like, hey, can we talk about this? This is what we would like. 
oh, we're not going to give you that? What, what the heck? <laughs> I'm the customer. I'm the one who's watching this thing. <laughs> so. If we could all think and feel and believe the way Thomas does, we'd get so much more accomplished than all the infighting in the community. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, well listen, you know, that. I, I'm excited. I, I think it's a great time because I'm excited to see the conversation switching from, you know, 10 years ago, it was just, Oh God, like, can we please just have audio description? Mm -hmm. And now it's evolved to where we're going. Okay. Well, we've got audio description. Now we need to make it better. We need to make it more impactful and, and more useful. So I think that that definitely in and of itself shows that at least we're, we're making progress for sure. And we we're need to, right we need to, we need to continue with that right there because, you know, a, another problem is that I think a lot of people are still stuck in the, the, Oh, I'm just thankful I have it. And, and I get that. I get that, but that's, that's not a good place to stay. That really isn't a good place because the fact of the matter is that we should have it all along. We should have always had audio description from the moment that that technology exists, right? Yes. We should we should have it and we should continue to have it and we should expect it. And again, you can yeah. be thankful, but you don't have to be all bent over on your knees and just to accepting anything that is thrown at you. No, yeah, that's right. Not at all. So expect it and expect the best. Yeah, and there is there is a place for synthesized audio description as well, whether it's teaching mm -hmm. materials or old archival, you know, film footage, whatever. Um, you know, I know Star Trek, some of the next generation stuff is synthesized audio. And some of that, you know, to me, doesn't bother me, right? It's it's not a, I'm, I'm grateful and glad we have it, but it's it's older footage. And to have somebody go back and write a script and get somebody in to perform that audio description, that all takes time, it all takes money. And there's hundreds of episodes, right? So if they can get something out quick, something older like that, you know, I don't have an issue with. Major productions, of course, you know, you want to feel immersed. You want to feel like it's pulling you into the into the film, into the picture, into the story. And I think that's where a lot of times having the right audio describer will make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Well, I'm going to disagree with you about the, the stuff in the past, because I think a lot of those <laughs> things in the past should... <laughs> They do deserve the attention uh, and they do deserve real human narration. And I said this before on a live chat that we do, I do with Nefertiti and Cheryl Green. Um, but w imagine, okay, so again, we want more blind people involved in that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what if, what if companies use the old stuff, right? Paid, paid people to write, people to, to, to voice it. Um, and really came over to the community and really used that as a training ground for blind narrators, for blind, whether it be blind writers, QC, whoever, yeah. whoever, new writers, whatever the case, but they should, they have to meet a certain standard. I'm not saying that they shouldn't meet a standard, but what I'm saying is that those, that old material could be like training ground sure. for, 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 for no stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, but that key word that you just said was someone has to needs to pay for it they should pay for it but they're still getting paid i mean but it's, but it's who the companies the companies who, the, the companies the who made the film whether it be the to be honest with you i think it's the the folks who make those uh, well but they've already own, sold it they've already sold it 
So well, then, then it goes. The net, then it goes making then money it goes, on it. <laughs> it's whoever so, owns the rights to it. It's at whoever that time. owns the right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they and even that. I mean, because then we get into the other conversation about that is the the non stickiness of audio description, right? Because one company pays for it and it doesn't ship with that when it goes to a new distribution. Network. Right. Yeah. All of that stuff needs to change, and the technology is out here to to make that easier. This this technology available. I mean, yeah. I think I think I agree with you that there is a space for synthesized speech um, because, you know, I read nonfiction books and I actually prefer them sometimes with with synthetic speech than I do to a human narrator. Um, I would not want to read my daily newspaper with a human. Um, no. I, I would prefer the thing. Right. Um, and, and here's one like, you know, a lot of people want to hear the credits and sometimes they won't because, you know, sometimes those movies have a lot of credits. Yeah. Well, put the synthesis synthesized speech on the credits. Sure. And that could that could make a lot of people happy because I know there were people who wouldn't mind that for the because it's just the the names right at the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay, I want to know who the who the you know line whatever editor is for whatever you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that person will want to sit through it. I won't, but <laughs> someone else might. Oh my god! I just had a flashback, Thomas. Do you remember movie phone? Yeah, yeah. And that voice? <laughs> movie phone. <laughs> like, can you imagine the credits being read in movie phone voice? Blade Runner, rated R, playing at yeah, the what local is he doing? Low cinema. Yeah, what's that guy doing? Is he around? Know, Give him a job. To, yeah. Okay, hey, Rob, you need to go on YouTube and find the voice for movie phone to insert into this episode. Yeah. Okay, there you go. He can, be, he can be the new cowbell. Welcome to movie phone. Why have home. I never heard of this? Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You never heard of movie phone? I've never oh heard god. of movie phone. Are, the, no, are you the baby of the group? Oh, okay. so you, are you the youngest of the group or something? Is this? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, 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 I I'm the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> you say he's just Canadian. We're just Canadian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, see, I'm not. That's why oh, I okay. know. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, too funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's worth googling trust me absolutely no but i i just wanted to tell thomas that the pod the podcast is just so well constructed mm. that it's it's very listenable it is so well produced it is very approachable to anyone coming in at any point you could just you don't have to listen to the whole show i mean and not yeah. say and i think people should but you can just pop a random episode and you just feel like I'm already into this. It's cool. just beautifully done. I love Thank the cut. I love the inner cuts of audio that you do. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just a really, it's a very nice production where, I mean, because sometimes you listen to a podcast and you're like, okay, where are they going? And then you skip ahead a little bit to get to different parts, mm -hmm. but it's, it moves, it flows really well. It keeps you engaged. So, I mean, I highly recommend this as a, as a listen for everybody out there, not just in the uh, in the disability community. It's just a very well done show. So I just wanted Thank to applaud you, so you on that, that it's oh, really great that. when when we meet other podcasters that do something that's really awesome. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Really, I do. It's very nice. No, the, the only thing that I would like that I would touch and actually I'm going to send you guys some information. I don't know if I don't know if you were if you ever received our survey. So I, I mentioned that um, I'm working on a project and I'm working on this project with uh, my colleague, my friend and colleague, Cheryl Green, the amazing access artist. She's been on my podcast. And this is a, a, a 
a project that's been funded by the Disability Visibility Project. And this is what I was mentioning around um, creating space for disability podcasts and really trying to figure out what is preventing more disabled folks who want to be in podcasting from, from getting out there and kind of helping them. And so that's, you know, we, we distributed a survey to find out what folks would want, what they need, what's preventing them, what's stopped them from doing a podcast or what is stopping them from doing a podcast and, and answering these things and figuring it out. And so we're actually in the process of creating, of course, a podcast to <laughs> a podcast for podcasters <laughs> to, to help, you know, to, to help answer these questions, to help provide resources. And so that's talking to a lot of folks who, um, who are disabled and who have these, uh, who are content creators, and they will be a part of that. Um, and then it's going to be a website and it's going to be a place for listeners to kind of come and be able to, you know, check off some boxes and filter through some things to find shows that meet what they're looking for around disability creators. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the end result is disability content, but it's specifically created by people with disabilities and or disabled people, if we're going to go into naming conventions, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And and so um, I do want to mention that, and I'll, I'll probably send you guys um, a little survey thing. If you want to take it, it's not too late to take that survey, but also right. just to kind of keep you in, in, informed and involved, because um, one of the things that we want to do um, and, you know, I think would be helpful for a lot of folks. And I did it during my last episode is just promo shares. And so that's just the idea of, you know, I'll run a promo for your show and you run a promo for my show, that mm -hmm. type of thing. And why not? Well, like, like, you sure. know, why not do that type of thing around the whole community just to sort of spread the love and let everybody know that, oh, this exists. And if you're interested in it, go check it out, you know? So Love there's it. a whole bunch of things that we want to do around that just to to open up the community and, and see if we can skill share and, and do other things like that. So I'll send you guys some information if you're yeah, interested nice. in that. Yeah. 100%. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, listen, uh, we want to thank you so much uh, for coming on. It's been an absolute delight. Um, before we let you go, though, mm -hmm. where can people find the podcast? No, I mean, you can find the podcast at Read My Mind Radio. Um, I'm sorry, you can find the, well, that's the podcast name, Read My Mind Radio, R-E-I-D, My Mind Radio, wherever you get podcasts. Um, as long as you spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and you can also come over to the website, which is readmymind.com and, and find me there. I'm on Twitter at TS Read. Um, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, we have Read My Mind Radio. So it's at Read My Mind Radio. Same spelling, of course. And uh, right now I'm on a, a bit of a hiatus. And but what you will find in the feed, if you do go and follow the podcast or subscribe to the podcast, um, uh, Cheryl Green again and Nefertiti Matos Olivares, we do these live chats um, and we do oh. them on Twitter and sometimes on LinkedIn. And so um, we recorded them. And so we're putting them out. We're going to start the live ones again relatively soon. Uh, but it's a it's cool little recording. And so the, all these conversations are on different aspects of audio description. Um, and so for folks who are interested in, in AD and, and that whole conversation, I think you would like these, these chats. The live ones are cool. They're cool to come to. Um, so if you've ever been into a Twitter space um, or a LinkedIn audio, 
Maybe we'll take it to a clubhouse again. I used to do clubhouse years ago, um, but haven't been on there. But no, they're cool conversations. And so I'm, we're, we're, I'm just going to drop all of those in the feed every first and third. Actually, the one comes out today. So the oh, there you go. episode two comes out today. And just one quick last question. Who does all the alt text on your graphics on your website? Because they're brilliant. Oh, so that's a combination of my wife and I. So she'll usually she'll do it and then I'll tweak it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. Oh, thank you. They're, thank you. They're great. Cool. Cool. Appreciate it. I'll let her know. Now, are you, what part of Pennsylvania are you in? I am in the East, Stra East Stroudsburg. So it's uh, 90 minutes in the Poconos. So it's 90 minutes from New York. I know. Let me tell you, I know that area. Oh, okay. uh, so you're kind of smack in the, so are you, Eagles or are you Pittsburgh? Would, oh, oh no. So, so that I'm closer to, to Philly than I am. So I'm, I'm about 90 minutes from Philly also. So we're North of Philly. So that's so you, where the Eagles are. So yeah. you're an Eagles fan. Um, nah, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm not really that much into football, uh, but I, I would probably say I would still roll with the Giants. Okay. But, you know, thank I'll, God. I'll okay. Yeah, you're, yeah. You are totally not dead to me then. Good. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask him if he was near a frugal McDougal. <laughs> he is uh, not near frugal mcdougall i do not even know what a frugal excellent good is. either do we <laughs> <laughs> and they won't sponsor your podcast okay they not... <laughs> we've tried because they're frugal <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah that's right what were we thinking going after our I company don't know. we weren't frugal thinking, in the name sponsorship. <laughs> that's why <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you so much again, Thomas. Thank you. And best of luck with the podcast. Same. And please come back anytime and uh, stay in touch. Uh, yeah, excellent. We, I will. We love. All right. Cool. All right, yo. All Take right. care. Enjoy Thomas. the rest of your evening, Thomas. You do the same. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for Bye. Much. Bye. 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 I would have given him a cowbell, but it doesn't work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you, you broke the bell. I there are defective know. cowbells. I know. We'll have to yeah, test it happened. this week. Can we'll you make a it... New Year's resolution that you're going to have a working cowbell? Oh, it'll be working nice. by next week. Absolutely. Okay, well, just give it give it a tap. Maybe you're hitting it too hard. Like, just give no, it a small... I think I think it's just because of the inputs I'm using. When when Liz first came into the Zoom room, mm -hmm. she yeah. said my audio had a lot of hiss to it. So I changed my microphone input, and that cleared up the hiss. But I think it's also changed the oh. signal or something because I'm hitting the cowbell and. You're not hearing a thing. That's yeah, weird. No, wow, that is weird. That is weird. It, how does it filter out certain frequencies? Really, yeah, I don't know. It's really you know, it's fit picking me up. It should pick up the cowbell. You'd think so. Wow. Yeah. It's like hmm. a, it's like your microphone is haunted. <laughs> it's special. It's discriminatory. Let's try this. Yeah. No. Nope. I mean, I thought I heard maybe a beginning of it, but then it just. <laughs> Right out. Oh, well. <laughs> something's killing. Something's killing it. I don't I'll know. have to figure it out. Yeah. You or heard the. You the heard, the, you heard yeah. the wind of Ryan's mighty arms heading towards a <laughs> strong cowbell strike. Wow! Look and at you. Nothing. <laughs> getting and into all the science, audio. Giannis. Yeah, she's no. She's getting into the audio description of it. Right <laughs> into it. Try this. <laughs> Nothing. No, no, nothing. No. Not a thing. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. All right. Well. Oh, weird. See, we can just have 40, 45. That's a show right there. Just 45 minutes of Ryan trying to hit the cowbell. <laughs> and that's going. <laughs> no. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? No. Did you hear that? 
Hey, no, we have Tom. Now. You hear that? Tom, <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, catch, did you catch that one? No? That's right. No. The Cowbell Diaries. Here, I'll try the other side. Do you hear that? No. <laughs> <laughs> just obsessed about the Cowbell. Uh, Me? Okay. No. Oh, uh, so funny. No, we all of us. It's yeah. funny. It is funny. Um, it takes so little to amuse us. Doesn't it? <laughs> you know, but, but I have to say, doesn't he have like he doesn't he have like the perfect podcast voice? Oh, yeah, he's he, like a good broadcast he, voice. He absolutely. Was, he, yeah, yeah he was born to do that. Yeah, he he really was. Um, and especially if you listen to the show and even the way that it's edited and produced, like it's it's top oh, notch. Like absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's really amazing. He does an amazing job on it. Yeah. He really, and he really gets into it. Like he's got the right swagger in his voice. Not, it's yeah. not over-exaggerated, but it's just like, wow, it's so cool. It's such a cool show. It's smooth. It's yeah. conversational. It's intelligent. It's just, yeah, it's very, very high quality. That's mm -hmm. right. It, everything that we aren't. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're I told really, you I'm really marketing. See, Liz, you need to give us marketing lessons because you guys don't just... listen, right? You're like the worst. You're like the client that doesn't listen. So I'm like, I just, I'll just go with it, you know? <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Something? <laughs> right. Checks in the mail. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's too funny. No, it's no, it, but it is, it's, it's amazing. I mean, there's, we've said it before. I mean, there's, there's space for everybody. And, yeah. uh, you know, every, every podcast has its own thing that it contributes to the community and that's us included. So um, I find it fascinating that he was able to take audio description, a topic that, you know, yes, we've talked about it on, on many shows in the past, but not really radically different takes on it. And I find that that's really interesting and sort of ballsy to do an entire season based just on audio description, because my fear would be even doing like a series, like even if we were to sit, go, Oh, let's do a, a three-part series on audio description. It, I, th I feel like it would be challenging to find enough different facets of it to really, to really flesh that out. Uh, and he's managed to do it. Like he's, yeah. there's, you know, a good 10 episodes or so there. Um, all talking about different aspects of, of audio description and talking to different people um, in the field. And, you know, even the, the one that was strictly about fashion, I mean, that was fascinating to listen to. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I, it, it's really, really a, a great show that I encourage everybody to go check out. It definitely makes you think, like, you know, the one I emailed you this afternoon, Rob, uh, it's the one I'm going to listen to a second time. And they're talking about self-identifying, self you know, whether in Zoom calls or on stage or you're right. doing a presentation. Um, it was just a fantastic show. There you go. So go listen. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if he had a cowbell, it would actually effing work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I can't, if we can't do a test this week and get it working by the no, next show, then I'll, I have other instruments here. So, uh, hey, Liz. Uh, hey, Rob. Uh, Rob. <laughs> God, we're just, we're just screwing this up. I think we're, we're all like we had this professional podcast on and now we can't, can't even do our outro properly. Uh, hey, Liz. Hey, Rob. It's better. Uh, where can people find us? Uh, we can be found at atbanter.com. I feel like she rushed that because she was afraid of screwing it up again. Where can find <laughs> slow-mo? <laughs>
where they can also, hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell Bong. at atbanter.com. It's so sad. The show's just empty without it. <laughs> I mean, Steve tried. I liked it. It, I, all, re- it, it all relies on the cowbell. It's so pathetic. <laughs> it's the only thing that carries the show. But hey, if you if you want to find the home of the cowbell on social media, you can also find it at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. That's right. Hey, is Twitter? I haven't. I've been uh, catching the news lately. But what's uh, how's Elon doing with the whole Twitter thing? Is still still going, eh? Yeah, yeah. They. Uh, I, I was reading in the news that there were something like four hundred thousand uh, Twitter accounts that were compromised uh, a while back, and they're, <laughs> uh, they're they're dealing with blackmailers on the dark web about that right now. Um, that that the, it actually the the data breach happened before he took over, I guess. But oh, it's, uh, it, it's it's so he's got a he's got. And aren't the uh, shareholders of Tesla getting all? Oh, I'm sure. Pissy and selling off. Yeah. yeah, which is funny because Tesla's had a banner year too. So I think if you, if ever you wanted a uh, a stock to invest in right now, I think uh, Tesla is probably undervalued at the moment. Mm, interesting. Mm, stock tips from Steve. Yeah, I I usually get them wrong though. So yeah. <laughs> just think every day Elon Musk's own owns Twitter. It's little little uh, little dings yeah. in uh, the the Tesla price, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right, there you go. Uh, wait, is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, that is going to about do it for us this week. Uh, big thanks, of course, for Thomas for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. Bong. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 